back to the Scatter Joy podcast. Yes, sir. My name is Zach Thompson. Peace, family. It's AP, man. <laughs> hey, we uh, this week we get to sit down with Tanner Olson. Tanner, Tanner is is known on Instagram as Written to Speak. That's yeah. his at at Written to Speak. It's such a dope dope uh, and, little little tagline he's and got. Give there. it a follow because there's some great stuff on there. Already. Yeah, Tan- Tanner's actually he's a poet. He's a spoken word artist. He's an author. He's written, I think, three books. His latest is called Walk a Little Slower. Yeah. And um, he is also an advocate for the Scatter Joy Project. He's done some things with us and, and uh, is just a humongous mental health advocate as well. What was your kind of biggest takeaway, maybe not from the conversation, but from him as a person or, or maybe from the conversation? Man, I love chatting with these spoken word artists and these poets because their language is so vivid. Mm. And the way they describe things and see things paints it in a different picture than I've heard it, right? So you'll be able to hear different things in his conversation that make you see the world and see different scenarios in a different from a different viewpoint, a different perspective. We we got on the topic of hope. Obviously yeah. that's what he writes about a lot. Yeah. Um and it's a pivotal thing for us. He I think he defined it as like an active thing yeah sometimes we think hope is like wishful thinking yeah and it's not it's like an active living breathing thing that we can embody and so it's just such a great uh thought such a great topic such a great perspective to have and um i just can't wait for us to relive this thing yeah it's gonna be amazing hey you guys make sure if you like what you hear leave a review write a comment and let us know uh the major takeaways we would love to hear from Yes, sir. Well, other than that, let's get into it, man. Let's go. This podcast is brought to you by the Scatterjoy Project. The Scatterjoy Project is a 501c3 nonprofit focused on mental and emotional health. Since launching in January of 2021, we've helped people jump over hurdles that get in the way of their own healing journey. The first hurdle being the negative stigma that accompanies mental health. The second one being the overwhelming search for mental health care. And the third, the cost of mental health care. If you, a friend or a family member are searching for a therapist, a counselor, a support group, or other mental health care programs, you can do so on our website at thescatterjoyproject.com. Also, if you feel inspired to give to our cause, you can do so as well on our website, thescatterjoyproject.com slash donate. Hey, we want to take a little bit of time to tell you guys about our friends over at Hope Still Wins. Ben Higgins is the host of Hope Still Wins, but also he's an author, a speaker, the co-founder of Generous Coffee, and maybe most famously known for himself being The Bachelor. Well, in Hope Still Wins, he sits down with influential thought leaders to discuss topics ranging from faith and music to mental health and racial injustice. In these conversations, literally nothing is off limits. Each guest shares their personal stories that have shaped their current view on that word, hope. Ultimately answering the question, does hope still win? Why or why not? These stories are meant to serve and inspire and connect us, becoming a better and more hope-filled world together. Make sure that you guys check out these three episodes that really impacted me. 
episode six with Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child, episode 38 from Pastor Sean Johnson, who actually just wrote a book all about his battle with anxiety, and episode 46, which actually happens this week with Drew Robinson, a professional baseball player, and his incredible story with his mental health journey. Make sure you guys go show them some love and tune in for more episodes to come. Hey, welcome back to the Scatter Joy podcast. I'm Zach Thompson. This is my guy AP co-hosting. And uh, we're really excited today, AP, because we have Tanner Olson uh, joining us. He's an author, a speaker, a poet, spoken word artist. He's a He's a dad dog to pancake. I don't want to leave that out of the bio, man. It's very important. That's very, very important. And uh, Tanner's just been a, a huge blessing to the organization, uh, the Scatterjoy Project. He's shared a ton uh, about what we do, who we are. Uh, Tanner's also an advocate uh, for uh, the organization and an advocate for mental health and, and the changes that we're trying to make within the fight for it. And so Tanner, man, just thank you so much for for being here. Thank you so much for helping out. And uh, thank you so much for this conversation, man. Of course, I'm, I'm just happy to be here. Just happy to support what y'all are doing. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredibly important. Uh, and I think that's limiting what you are actually doing by saying it's incredibly important, because it's beyond, it's beyond that. And I as a writer and a speaker, I don't have a word for that. And I probably should. <laughs> it's hard to put it into words. And I love how you said, I'm just happy to be here. Because yeah. <laughs> er, early on in, in your career and your writing, you kind of like discovered that tagline, just happy to be here. And we were talking actually right before we jumped on how every single morning, I feel like you post a picture of your coffee mug, you draw a smiley face in it, a smiley face in it, and then you write, just happy to be here. Where, where did that come from? What's the meaning behind it? How did that start? I, I, I don't know. I don't really know when it started. I... It just kind of became a thing. And part of one of the reasons why I did it every day for a while was because I read on a blog somewhere that like, you need to have something on your story at all times. And I was like, I don't have, I gotta have that much going on. Like I've just, I, I write poetry and sometimes I have things to say, but like, I always have coffee. And so it just kind of became this, this little like morning ritual along with the, you know, like for me, it's like my morning begins like reading, praying, sitting, being, drinking coffee, walking my dog pancake. Right. It, but also I, I'm always having coffee and, um, that just became one of the things I look forward to most on good days and on bad days. And, you know, as we talk about like mental health and stuff, like, um, I'm somebody who like, I've struggled with all of the things with anxiety and depression. And, and so you don't know like how you're going to feel when you wake up most days, but I kept coming back to the words. I'm just happy to be here because even on good days, like I am just happy to be here. But on bad days too, like I have to remind myself that, yeah, like I am, I am, I'm here. I'm just happy to be here. I may not be feeling it or excited or in a good spot, but like I'm here and here is, here is still a good, a good place to be. And so the words just happy to be here just kept, they kept coming up in my writing and in my thinking. And so I figured, well, I'll have to start sharing them and see if other people latch on to it. And what's funny as I'm rambling, what's funny is uh, I've been posting it for years and years. And some people now are just like, oh, I get it. Like I get why you 
why you say that. Like, it didn't make sense. Like the first, like three years I was following you, it didn't make sense. But like today, for some reason, like it connected with me. So I was like, okay, so there is, there is something here. There's, there's something that people can, can connect to with these words. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like the importance of gratitude in your life mm-hmm. and just like that simple statement. And it doesn't seem like super profound or anything like that, maybe to anyone else, but to you, it means a lot. Yeah. You know, like how, how has like gratitude in your life helped you? You were talking about like personal struggles with anxiety and depression and all these things with mental health. Mm -hmm. Like how has gratitude itself helped maybe, maybe not dig you out of a hole, like so to say, but help you like start to build a ladder, you know, or like do those things. Yeah. I think well, like gratitude and and hope and and joy and and the beautiful things, they they really help you take a step back and, and to see what's going on. I think for a lot of us, I get, at least for myself, I get sucked in and I need to pull myself back and get some perspective on everything. Like I'll get sucked into comparison, like how other people are doing with their careers, lives, families, where they're at, and then where I am, I'm not at. But that just because my life doesn't look like their life doesn't mean my life is bad. It's just, it's just different. And so practicing gratitude um, spending time like thanking God for what He's given me, like I'm allowed to to take a step back and to see, it may not be perfect, but it's still good, right? And so part of it, like in like in the morning, and this happened uh, mo- most days during the pandemic, we weren't leaving the house. I'd get up, I'd go to the kitchen, and I'd make coffee, and I wouldn't look at my phone because I didn't want to, and I knew I was going to do that for like the rest of the day. So I was like, I'll give myself a break, right? And so I made coffee and I would just sit there and I would just look around our house out the window and just look at the things that we had and thank God and just be thankful for it. Not that it was like the, we don't live in the greatest house. We don't live in the greatest neighborhood, but we're here. And there's a lot of things to be thankful for, even in that, like, how can I find the things that are good, even in the messy? Yeah. Yeah, man. It's like, I, uh, it's like looking at the the positive space rather than the, the negative space mm-hmm. that we yeah. so often get like sucked into and focused on. So yeah. man, I'm happy you're here. Yeah, well, I'm just happy <laughs> to be here. There, I, I I have this poem, and it's not like a it's not I don't know if it's a poem, but it's just a couple of words. It just says grateful for what was, grateful for what is, and grateful for what will be. And I want that to be it. And a lot of the things I write, I write because I need to hear them. And I'm learning how I'm learning to believe them as well. Right. And so to be able to look back and to be grateful for what was to be grateful for what is and to be grateful for what will be like, if I have that stepping into each day, like that's certainly going to change my outlook on, on life. Uh, And and it might make things easier. I don't know if that's the goal, but I want to be more grateful as I navigate from day to day. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I love what we're talking about because a lot about life is perspective. Like a lot Mm -hmm. about life is like exactly how we see it. Like two people can have the same exact circumstances in their lives and somebody can see the negative and somebody can see the positive. And I, and I, and I love that. So like what perspective do you, and you mentioned it a little bit, you said when you write, it comes from a space of what you need to hear. Is that always your approach? Or is there sometimes you like kind of cater to what you know your audience is or, or what they mm-hmm. might want or, or hear? Um, that's, that's a good question. Um, I, when I approach writing, I, I want to write about, well, a lot of things. 
but I can write about what I know and what I hope to know. And so when I'm writing, it's most of the things it's like, well, I need to hear this. And if I need to hear this, then I know that there's at least one other person out there who needs to hear it as well. But also like, I, I get a lot of um, messages from people around the world and they'll, they'll, they'll share with me what's happening with their lives or what they're going through or the person that they just lost or the person who just broke up with them or the person they just broke up with. And I'm, I'm honored to hear all of these stories and all the stories help me um, approach writing a little bit differently. So the, the message I just received, it's going to help change kind of what I'm, I'm writing about. Like I just read a little bit about grief yesterday and I'm not, I'm not grieving anything grand. I think we're all probably always grieving something, but there's, there's not like a recent loss in my life. Um, but my, my news, my Facebook feed, y'all still use Facebook or is it just me? Like I, I every time I get on there, I'm like, I just, I don't, why am do I need to be here? <laughs> and I don't, but I'm, but I'm still there. But I, I've been getting messages from people who have, who've lost their fathers, who have lost um, spouses. And that has helped me write from at least to stand next to them and what they're going through, not exactly knowing what they're going through, but trying to put myself in that space as well. I, I want to write about um, what someone is going through or has gone through or will go through. Right. And so it, I, I oftentimes like I'll post the same poem or piece, you know, I'll post it every other month because either I, I need to hear it or I think someone else out there needs to hear it. So our words, they, they, be, they, they become timeless, especially when someone is in one season or growing into the next season. Yeah. It's so good. One of my mentors always says like, people don't need to be taught most of the time. They just need to be reminded. And so yeah. it's like, that's what you're essentially doing with, with your pieces. It's like, well, I need this reminder. And so I'm like, man, someone else needs this and I'm just going to mm -hmm. keep it in rotation and it's going to ignite hope in someone else's life. When, when you were talking about like all these messages that you get of people's stories and, and right, there's like this, this huge uh, array of emotions within the stories that you probably receive, right? Like these mm -hmm. moments of like amazing achievement and hope and joy, mm -hmm. but then also these moments of grief and pain and struggle on the ones that kind of carry a negative emotion to it. Do you sometimes feel yourself with your platform and also the work that you do? Do you sometimes feel yourself starting to carry the burdens of other people or how do you, how do you navigate that space? Um, no. And I feel terrible for saying that. I feel like <laughs> I, when, when someone tells me what they're going through. Now, I will say when, when somebody is going through something, I hurt for them. Hmm. And I wish things were different. Like I, um, with my friends who've been losing parents, uh, I, you know, as I see it, I'll, I'll send them a text. And I know I can't change anything, but I can just tell them that I hate this for them. Right. But and I and I hate I do. I hate that for them. But there's nothing that I can do to change that. All I can do is be there with them and support them and love them. And, and I, but I can't, I can't take on, at least that's maybe this is my, not my personality. Like I just don't take on all the things that people are sharing with me. And yeah. perhaps it's because uh, we're, we don't know one another. Maybe that's one of the reasons why um, when I get those messages and they say like, this is what I'm going through. I feel that, but I don't carry that with me because I just can't. And, and I also don't think they need me to either. Hmm. Um, 
but I can write about that. Maybe it's this compartmentalization in my mind or my heart. I'm not sure. Uh, but when somebody tells me what they're going through, it doesn't, it, 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 it stops me, but doesn't keep me down. Yeah. Um, especially cause I have enough going on in my own life that will keep me down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's part of it. Right. Yes. And like you're talking about like, sometimes they don't even need me to like shoulder the burden or carry the weight. Mm -hmm. They just need to like voice what they're going through yeah. with me. Mm -hmm. Where do you think yeah. that comes from? Like the, the human component of like, I just need to share my struggle. Like I need to share my story with someone. And I think Tanner has the compassion to like hurt with me mm -hmm. for a second. Yeah. And I, and I, I willingly will be that person. Now, I will say early on in my career, I would carry that stuff around with me when someone go, is going through something, but I have learned that I cannot. And so that's been something that I've had. And I, and I feel like uh, counselors and, and therapists will probably say something similar along the lines. And there's going to be some stories that just hold, hold you tight. Um, but I think like with within all of this, like you just have to learn how to how to hold it, how to care for them, how to love it, and then how to let it go. And I'm so sorry. I totally forgot the question that you asked. <laughs> no, you're saying like, what, what do you feel like inspires people to need to share what they're going through? Like, where do you feel like that kind of comes from? I, I'm a stranger to a lot of these people, but they know a lot about me. They know a lot about me because I'll share a little bit about my life online. And so I become a friend and I am, I am. Um, but also like, they don't have to see me tomorrow and we're not going to sit down face to face and talk about it. I get to be a safe place where they can share what's happening and what's going on with their lives. And they know based on my writing and how they've gotten to know me that I'm going to respond with kindness and I'm going to hear them and I'm going to see them. And I'm hopefully going to say something that, sits with them for a few minutes. Um, and I just think there's something about, you know, when we talk about like sharing our story or sharing what we're going through, sometimes we don't have those people that we feel comfortable with right in front of us. Sometimes we just have to find somebody on the internet who like is writing about what we are going through or sharing about what we are going through and they don't know it, but I can say, Hey, this really helped me for this reason, this reason, and this reason. And that makes me feel a little bit lighter, a little bit better. Um, and I think that's what's so great about um, one of the good things about social media is that there are places for people to go to when they are hurting uh, and when they're wondering and when they're looking just for a little bit of a little, a little safe place, like we can be that for other people. Um, and that will hopefully lead them into the next chapter, the next season. Yeah. So good. I, I see on, on your platforms, like you're, you're very vulnerable in terms of, uh, you know, sharing and being very open. Did it take a long time for you to, you know, be comfortable in that vulnerability uh, and to be able to show up as your authentic self in your writing and, and not have any fear to kind of share it to the world? You know, I, there was certainly a learning curve when I first started. And I think the hardest part was me thinking how everyone else was going to see me or perceive me. Um, it is it is a it is a big jump to go from not sharing your life to sharing your life on the internet with people and to open up yourself so that people can um, you know, talk back or think differently about you. I think for the longest time, it was um, 
I was insecure about how others were going to view me or see me when I told them that about this part of my life or what I was going through, or what I was struggling with. But then as I continued to grow and continue to share, I realized that it, it was it was helpful. Like if one person can be honest and someone else can be honest and not necessarily be honest with their the internet, but to be honest with the people that are right there in their lives or to go see a therapist or a counselor or to begin talking about the heavy and hard and difficult things that that they are going through. Um, now I, I see vulnerability in like uh, in softness more as this as a strength where I'm able to do it and it not hold me down or keep me back. And I, and I no longer, I think I can say this and it being about 99% true that I don't really care what other people think about me. Like I cannot be anyone other than myself. And some people want me to apologize for that and other others don't, but like this, this is who I am. And like, this is, this is all that I've got. Right. And so I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to give you the best version of myself that I can. And that's, I'm not going to try to edit it or, hold back, but I, I, I want to be genuinely honest and hopeful and true so that others can, can do the same thing as well. Right. And I think part of that, like, if you look at the things that I share, like I take, I write my stuff out on a piece of paper and I tear it up and I take a picture of it. It is not like this artistic, this isn't Van Gogh over here. Like we're not, doing <laughs> like I, I, for, I use Canva for all the other things and I can't use, I can't use all the other, I just don't know what I'm doing but I'm doing the best that I can with what I've got. And I think that's what other people need to do as well. So like, don't, don't try to, you don't have to grade it. You don't have to, you don't have to put me on a scale or rank me. Like this is just what I'm doing. This is what I'm offering. And you can take it, you can leave it, you can do whatever you want with it. But like, <laughs> this is it. Yep. Like, this is it. I love that. I think that speaks to like what AP was talking about is like your vulnerability and authenticity just shines through with your work and your page and who you are and, and how you present yourself to the world, how you show up for people in the mm -hmm. world, I think I would I would much rather say. And you were talking about how vulnerability in itself, like you being vulnerable, uh, you're hoping that it ignites other people to be vulnerable. And you use this word like honest honesty mm -hmm. and not with like other people but i think the first step to healing sometimes is being honest with yourself like we posted yeah. something a long time ago about like you can't heal if you continue to pretend you're not yeah. hurting right like if we just continue to roll yeah. through life and and just continue to check off our our to-do list and get really busy and ignore the the pains and the struggles in our life we're never going to heal if we don't first be honest with ourselves. And I think Tanner, you do like such a good job. What we won't really strive to do honestly with these conversations in this podcast is what you just said is like, we hope that we can inspire people to take a look within themselves and, and within their lives and within their trauma and within their struggle and their hurt and start being honest and start talking to people and, and sharing that. Yeah. And it's, and it's not, it's not easy. But like, when was the, when was the good thing ever easy? Right. And so if you can, if you can begin just to, and I think for me, it all, like I've been writing for about 10 years now and it all started with me putting words into, into, into a journal. Um, and I learned that I could be honest there and it's, it's all these small steps, right? It's all these just like small faithful steps forward. And eventually you'll turn around and you'll see how far you've come. Right. But you just, if you just do these small things. And you continue with it. And honesty is one of those things that you just got to keep with. And, and it was honesty was never meant to be comfortable, 
right? That's like, that's the big thing, right? And so it's like, well, this, I don't like this. No, honesty is like working out, at least in my perspective. I don't like it. Like, I don't want to do it, <laughs> but I know, like, I know it's good for me. And I know like it's, it's, it's a good thing. And I also believe it's good for other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so good. Speaking of working out. So I'm a, I'm a personal trainer. All right. A lot of my clients are probably going to be watching this. So what I wanted to talk to them about, cause in 2022, we're getting into a lot of journaling and um, oh, yeah. can you talk about the benefits of journaling? Like even just daily writing your thoughts down it, like not even always structured, but what are the benefits of that? It's, it's the best. It's great. It's just good. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I, I think um, we have so much inside of us, questions, feelings, thoughts, wonderings. And I, at least I do, like my head is a very busy place and my heart rivals it really well. And so if I can just sit down for a few minutes every day and just, just write and just put some words down, I don't have to be good. You don't have to know where a comma goes, but there is this practice of just taking a pen or a pencil or whatever, and just writing things down. You don't have to show anybody it. I think for, for a lot of us, and especially probably for like AP for your clients, right? Like they want to see results and they want to see something change and something be different. And they also probably want it to be immediate. Like that's one of the reasons why like I don't like working out. I was like, I got to do this again tomorrow to see something be different. <laughs> like I'm I tired. Just want, I just, I just want jalapeno Cheetos. That's all I really want. Uh, which huge plug. I would say right now they're so good. But like sponsor, sponsor, sponsor. Oh man. Oh. Anyways, we're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. But like with 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 writing and with journaling, like you may not see results right away. But you'll be able to put some some words down on a piece of paper that's going to like lessen the noise in your head. It's going to give you a little bit of clarity. It's just I, I don't know. It, it's it's a really small thing that you can do that gives you a moment to just pause, be, and breathe. And a lot of times, I I, I don't know exactly what I'm going through until I see it written down. Because like it's with a pen, right? Like the pen can't tell me I'm wrong for how, what I feel or for what I'm going through. It's not going to judge me. I'm the only one who gets to see and sit with these words. And also when you're done, you can throw it away. Like you don't have to show anybody it. Like that's the other thing. This is not, this is not for social media. This is not to show anybody like you. It's just for, it's for you. So I don't know. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in journaling. And also it's different than probably what we do with about, you know, the other, the rest of our day looking at screens or maybe reading books or working out or whatever it is like it's just a different it's just a different way of going about it so um it's mind stretching yeah mm. what, what do you think kind of gets in the way of people doing that practice or or meditating or praying or or, or maybe these other practices that might involve a little bit of stillness and introspective like thought there's, I mean, there's so many distractions around us, right? Like even like I'm sitting in my office right now, I have a phone here. I have an iPad here. There's a window right in front of me and there's people walking by and I, there's just constant, I know that there's a, a TV in the other room with about a trillion things to watch. Right. Maybe not a trillion. Cause I went through a <laughs> pandemic. So there's a few less, um, like there's food in the fridge. Like my wife, my dog are out there. There's distractions. And those are the ones just, just around me. 
Now there's ones that are on the inside too. And then when I pick up another distraction, right? Like then it's, then it's comparison. And then it's uh, like bank account, uh, Bitcoin's going down again, right? Like all these, like all these things that are just like flying at us. And it's the fear. It's all the noise. Like the noise gets in the way. So one of the things I want to do first thing in the morning is I don't want to, I, I want to hold the noise off a little bit. I want to do this at night too. I want to do this all day actually, but we have to do it, live our lives and the noise is going to come. But like, so for me, like I think people are afraid to do it or they don't want to do it because the noise and the pressure is all around them, which then creates fear, which then makes them feel like they're behind when really they're not behind. They're just where they are. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's like the noise, the noise kind of becomes comfortable, right? Like yeah. the, the things like you wake up in the morning, my alarm goes off my phone. The first thing I do is grab my phone to turn off the alarm. And then I'm almost like hardwired and programmed now yeah. to like be comfortable with my phone in my hand. Mm -hmm. And it's like, even that the noise and the distraction is comfortable because then it's like, I don't have to face what is going on inside. Like I don't have to be still, still with my feelings or my thoughts or the things that are going on. Do you mm -hmm. journal? No. <laughs> so that are that, you starting? Yeah. So that's exactly why we started. So like a lot of things that we that we focus on is external. You know what I mean? Things we can post, things we can see. You see a lot of guys in the gym only work on muscles that that they can see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of people neglect different things, but that internal work, and I think that's why um, I'm starting with them. So I have started. I, I got a new journal. I bought a bunch of journals, saying I'm going to start. So I uh, started in a new journal and we've done um, mood, food, and movement. So mood obviously is is your how you're feeling on the day yeah. and then what they ate and then uh, did they move their body. So I've started it. I think I'm like day four or five, something like that. So that's cool. Yeah, man. So we'll see. Tanner, when you... Well, I think... Go no, ahead. I was, I was going to say like, I think a lot of times people stare at a blank piece of paper and they're like, well, I don't know what to write. And so it's like... Well, how do you feel? Like, what are like, like, give them four or five simple questions, right? Like, pick one, right? And it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to write like a five page paper about like, no, it's just like, put a few words down. Today was hard. All right. Why was it hard? What was good about it? What was bad? What made you sad? What made you mad? Hmm. One, one of the things that I really love to do in my journal is like, almost like, think about a word what like think about something that I need or something that I wish I had or a feeling that I currently am holding on to. And then mm -hmm. I write it down and then I, I like define it, you know, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, like for some mm -hmm. weird reason, like definitions to me, like start to help me unwrap the emotion or the feeling or the thing even more. The first thing that I ever wrote in a journal was the Webster's definition of patience because like I desperately needed it. And you probably see it right here behind yep. me. It's like yep. patience is also a form of an action or is an action, you know, I don't know. Mm. It's backwards on the screen. So I can't <laughs> patience is also a form that. of an action. And so it was like, even that practice of just like, man, I don't really know where to start within a journal. Like Tanner was saying, like, I'm just going to write down like one word or five words of like how I'm currently feeling. And then that mm -hmm. might snowball into a whole nother layer of that emotion. And it's almost like, it's almost like 
the journal allows you to like dig deeper into into those things yeah. right i love it yeah and um like i said it's it's that internal work that i think is really really important i heard somebody tell me like because i, I do music as well and she was like hey when's the last time you write you've written and i'm mm -hmm. like oh it's been a while i haven't had anything coming up i haven't had mm -hmm. a show or an open mic and she was like no we're supposed to write and create just for creative sake because that's what that's who you are that's what you do and a lot of things that i do are tied to what's what's coming mm. like i have <laughs> this coming so i'm gonna do this wow. i have this coming so i'm gonna do this for me it has to be like a direct line to something right journaling doesn't seem like it's gonna do something and like you said that immediate gratification um so i think being in that stillness and really doing that work on the inside is going to uh it's definitely going to help not just me but but others so i wanted to bring them along yeah, with that journey uh with me 100 percent. and you're but you're also like with each each day that you journal and, and i think a lot of times people are like well i have to do this every single day like what's probably a good idea but like just just start and see what happens but what you're doing is like you are continuing to dig deeper each day and you might find you might find something and and you might just move a little bit more dirt around but like it's like the the daily practice of sitting down and being and letting yourself just just think and and, and be right and so it's like it you might you might come across some gold every now and again and be like like i have a breakthrough or you might just continue to dig deeper which is still a beautiful and important thing yeah the other practice that i love about it is you get to like look back yeah mm -hmm. you know you get to like flip the pages backwards like to the yeah. left and you're like wow like I was going through that, That's look where right. I am now, yeah. or like you, mm -hmm. you kind of can remember some of the things that you kind of like broke through. And it's almost, it's again, that I don't need to be taught. I just need to be reminded. Mm -hmm. Tanner, when you started journal, like, did you start journaling? And then you were like, man, I think I'm going to be a poet. Yeah. <laughs> or like, what, how did you, how did you get started? Like what first intrigued you about the use of words, the artistry of words, um, mm. and poetry in general. I, in middle school, I really wanted to be in a punk rock band. Let's go. Um, I, I mean, maybe not like punk, punk rock. It's more like pop punk. Like I'm a pretty soft guy, but like, <laughs> I, like my favorite band is, is like, is newfound glory. Right. Like I just oh, yeah. like, and so like listening to them, and like I connected with their words. I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to sing in a band, but I can't sing. And I was like, well, I'll just play guitar. Well, I can't, can't do that either. <laughs> I'm just not good. <laughs> you know, when there's things that you really want to be good at and you're not, yeah. I have a very long list of those things, <laughs> but I connected with the words so deeply. And I was like, well, maybe I can do something like this. And so I can remember in middle school, I would just fill up journals. I would write, I would do this in high school as well, but I never really told anybody that I wanted to be a writer. I just, just liked writing. I also had a very limited like idea as to what you could do with your life. I thought you could be like five things, but turns out you can be a lot of different things. Um, I didn't, I didn't know that writing was like a profession. I also didn't pay really a lot of attention when I was younger either. So maybe that was on me, but like, I, I still just, I, I wrote, I wrote, I wrote. And then um, I worked at a summer camp for 
two summers and I had written a couple of poems and I would share them with uh, some of my my campers and my poems, most of my poems back then and, and still some to this day, they were mostly about like about faith, about Jesus. And I would share them with these middle school, high school boys. And they were like, this is this is good. I was like, really? They're like, yeah, it's like actually good. Uh, and you know, when somebody uses the word actually like in a compliment, <laughs> they they're like, I'm I doubted you <laughs> yeah. a lot. Yeah. This is like actually good. And and so I just I, I kept at it. And then I learned about other spoken word poets. And I was like, Oh, I'll do this. And then so I started trying to be a spoken word poet. And I, I didn't I wanted to I was like, well, I have to be like this, like, like this poet or this poet. And I was not like them at all. And I was like, well, maybe there's not a place for me. And so I just kept I just kept at it. And I eventually found my own way. And I learned to I learned to learn from other people and not believe that I had to be like them. Um, and I think that was kind of a big, a big breakthrough. I was like, oh, I like what they're doing. I don't have to be like that. I can continue to do my own thing. And so for me, it was just like, I just want to share uh, honest words of love and see what comes out and see what comes up. Uh, and so I've been doing that since 2013. Um, so it's been a little while now, but um, I, my, my writing and my work has changed immensely over time. But it's kind of about, kind of like the journal thing. I just kept coming back to the pen and the paper and something new would come up in my voice. I, I learned how to find my voice as a writer and the things that I wanted to say. Um, and then with the evolution of social media, it just kind of changed how I shared those words and then the direction in which I was sharing them. Um, so yeah, it's been a long, it's been a long journey. Since middle school. Since Dang, middle school. Dude. A lot of feelings though. Like if there's one thing I'm really good at, it's feeling. And there's something I'm really bad at. It's like being able to express or put them into words. So for me, writing takes a lot of work, but it's the good work that I know that that I need to do personally. And I also think it's it's helpful for other people, um, especially when I hear things like you you're, you put into words what I'm feeling or what I'm going through. And if that's the case, then I want to keep doing that. Yeah. So how do you think you got good at that? It was just very recently for me that I was able, really able to like kind of expand on my feelings and like articulate exactly how I was feeling. Like, because there's a lot of times I had so many feelings and I just kind of kept them there and I just went out like and just enjoyed the rest of my life and just went day to day with these feelings. So how are you mm -hmm. able to pinpoint those and articulate them? Because it seems like that's a skill. Do you think that was a skill? Do you, did someone put that in you? Like, was it conversations with parents or anything like that? I think um, I, as I'm writing, there's I, I've learned a couple of things. Uh, there's writing and then there's editing, right? And so when I'm writing, I am just putting words down and I'm not concerned with the, the final piece. What I want to do is I want to get everything out. And then as I'm getting everything out, then I kind of begin to realize oh, this is what I'm feeling or this is what I'm wondering or this is what I'm this is what the writing is is going to become. Um, and then so there's the writing and then there's the editing. And for me, what edit like I, I always say when I talk to people about writing that the delete button is your best friend. Like, don't be afraid to delete and erase or like if you don't want to delete it, like just move it to another page, save it for later. But like keep just what is it about? Um, and then that. As I'm, as I'm writing and as I'm editing, then I'm kind of realizing what I'm trying to say or what I'm feeling. If you were to say, like, how do you feel? Like, if you were to ask me that right now, I'd say, oh, oh things are good. Uh, they're fine. 
But like if I dig a little bit deeper, then we're going to be begin to uncover some things. And so as you create, as you write, as you journal, what you're doing is you're you're just digging deeper. You're getting beneath the surface level and trying to find out, hey, what's really going on? And what's the thing? And sometimes like maybe there's nothing. Maybe you're just like maybe you are just good. Like things are just good. And other times maybe there's something something deeper there. And what writing for me at least has done is it's been able to help me express and define those things. Um, and then has given me the courage to share them with other people so that they can say, I feel that too. Or I think that, I think that also. Yeah. It's almost like what you were talking about is like, we're digging to get to what is going on and we're kind of almost like putting it in this like struggle bucket. Like what am I struggling with? What negative emotions am I feeling? But I think even what you said, like, maybe you're just good. Like, maybe you're actually Mm -hmm. like in a really good season, but continuing to journal in the good seasons, I think are just just as important as journaling in the bad seasons. Because um, one of my friends always says, like, we have to we have to diagnose what we're successful at too to know, Mm -hmm. like how we were successful. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. man, even digging deep in the good moments too, to like say, man, can I recreate that in the next season, depending on A, B or C or like what's happening to me? Well, and and I think in in the good seasons, you'll take time to celebrate, like, like, it's okay to celebrate things. It's okay to, to, to sit with the joy and to see the things, how things are good and, and hopeful. And I think that if we do that, when the things are good, maybe we'll be able to do that when things are not so good that we'll be able to find things to celebrate when life's hard, that we'll be able to see that joy still remains when things are not going the way that we want them to or thought that they would be going. So it's like, it's just, it's, it's practicing that, right? Because like, we are going to, we, it is all seasons. It's all coming back around. Like we're going to see this happen again and again. So if I see joy when things are good, I want to see joy when things are not so good. Yep. All right. So you wrote two words for 2022. And, Mm -hmm. and I just, I think it's like such a good mantra to have, but I want to dig deeper with it within this conversation. You wrote hope forward and Mm -hmm. what, what spurred that on, what thoughts and feelings like created that for you Mm -hmm. and what does hope forward mean? Um, that's a, that's a good question. I wasn't ready to answer to all these things. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like the way that those, those words just kind of sit with me. It's just hope forward. I, I believe that hope is really the full assurance of what God will do. And hope is this beautiful thing. And, and I think we go, we go back to like, uh, what Emily Dickinson was like, hope is a thing with feathers or whatever. And I was like, no, like it could be, but also like, I feel like hope is like a hungry lion. Like it is searching for something. And then, and then it's, it's going to still be a thing with feathers, but it also, for some of us, it's something more than that. And so it is this thing that is, that is searching, that is moving and that is looking um, and feasting where like on the darkness. Right. Um, And so for me, like the last couple of years have been, like they have for a lot of us have just been heavy and like an, like a, like a weird, I don't know what's happening kind of heavy. Right? Now what, what are we going to do? Like what's coming around the corner for us? And I don't know, like, I don't know what the future brings, but I do know that I'm moving forward and I do know that I'm moving forward with hope and hope is not something that you can take away from me. 
no matter what happens in the world, no matter what you say to me, like, I'm, I'm still going to have that. I might be naive and that's okay. I'm happy to be, but I have hope, right? And it is this beautiful thing that you cannot shake, that you cannot take. And it's, it's hungry. <laughs> and so I, I am moving forward and I am, and I'm hopeful with what is to come. But I also know that there are going to be seasons like we just talked about where things are not so good, but I'm going to find a reason to celebrate. I'm going to find a reason to, to sit with joy and I'm, plug in. I'm going to plug you here. I'm going to scatter that joy as well. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, like in, in those two words, as someone who writes poetry and is a writer, like they just, they, they connect with me. Like I feel at home in those words. Um, I also don't think that hope is something that does a great job of sitting still. Like it's going to keep expanding. It's going to keep moving. Right. And it is also, that's just my a personal belief. And I might change that tomorrow. I got to think more on that. But like hope is one of those things like I just I think it just continues to expand and continues to grow. Did you ever play um, there's like all the like old computer games and I'm blanking on, on the name of it, but you would like move your little person and as you would move it, like the world would like turn from black to like the, the earth. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You can say you can just say yes and lie. It's no, fine. are you, ta- like, are you talking kinda... about like the new metaverse that they're talking about right now? <laughs> is that? Oh, <laughs> Maybe, but no, this was like an old, this was like an old computer game that I would watch my brother play because I would lose. Uh, we don't have to get into that right now, but it was just like, as he would move his person around the black space on the computer would light up and you would see rivers and mountains and all this. And I think, I think maybe hope does that too. I love that. I love the, the, the mindset shift of like hope is active. Yeah. Like usually when we think about hope or we like um, say it, it's like wishful thinking, Yeah, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's not like it's not wishful no. thinking. Like it's it's a commitment. It's active. It's growing. It's hungry, like you said. And so it's like, man, if we can assign that mindset to that word and that commitment going forward into this year or into the next season or all those things, it shifts our posture. Yeah. The way mm-hmm. we look at it. I like that. Yeah. And it's, it's for you. Like hope is, is for you. It's not this, like, it's not just for some people, but it's for all of us. Yeah. I like the way you described it um, because it kind of will shift your perspective and shift how you move, shift how you Mm. navigate the world. When you know that hope is active, you know, that might change the way you make the decision. That might change the way, you navigate your business because that hope isn't just like, Hey, hopefully someone calls me for an opportunity. Hopefully this happens. Mm -hmm. Like, um, the Bible says faith without works is dead, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's not just enough to just have that wishful thinking. Um, but just to piggyback off that, how are you able to integrate your faith with, with like mental health? Right. Because I grew up in a very like old school type of church where, they kind of just wanted to pray everything away, you know, if, mm. if like we didn't really talk about mental health and, and different things like that. So how were you able to kind of bridge both of those together? Um, that's, that's another good question. I, I've never seen, I've never seen that they're, they have to be on their own. They are, they've always come together for me. Uh, the way that I have felt and the things that I have gone through have always been seen and known by God. And if I am seen and known by him, the things that I'm going through matter to him as well. 
So like, I don't think that there has to be any kind of divide or division between my mental health and the love of God. I think it's, they, they meet, he comes together with that. Um, I also grew up in a, in an, an old school type church and I, and truly like, I, I loved it. But the, when I was younger, the conversation, the mental health just wasn't, wasn't what it is today. And so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it is what it is today. Um, and I still do believe that prayer is extremely important, but I also do believe that we have other people around us that can help us walk through these things um, and that can help us navigate them. Um, the church is really, really good at a lot of things. And I think lately the church has been getting dragged down pretty, pretty well and for, for some fair reasons, but also the church has always been a place to remind us of hope and that it is active and that it is real and that God's grace remains for us through it all. And for me, that's why through every season, there is still joy, even when things are bad, like joy and happiness are very different things. Um, but I know that through it all, joy, joy remains, hope remains because I am, I am loved and I'm forgiven and grace just continues to abound. And so I am not going to, I am not going to hold back with what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking or what I'm going through because those things are going to stay the same no matter what. Like I am still going to be loved even if I am depressed, right? And so if I talk about that with other people and I'm allowed to share and I can share that, hey, things are not good over here, but here are the things that I still know to be true, right? And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning. It is a lot about perspective, right? And holding that, like what I'm going through, with what I also know to be true. Yep. Um, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Tying it together. It's really, really good. Hey, one last kind of final question here or conversation that can bridge off into some other thing. Scatter Joy Project, obviously, you plugged us earlier. Yeah. Um, what brings you the most joy in your life? Uh, I, I like the little things. I just, just give me the little things, whether that's just spending time with my wife and my dog and not, we're not looking at our phones or just, we're just here, you know, it kind of goes back to like, just, you know, the just happy to be here thing. Yeah. Like when I am, when I am just alive, it is good. I don't need, I don't need to be on some like fancy trip. I don't like everything does not have to be going perfectly for me to find joy in it. It's just like, you know, the sun is shining. I have a good cup of coffee and we are together. Um, that's what brings me joy. Also, um, the like videos of dogs constantly. There's this like, there's this one video of <laughs> great, a retelling of a YouTube video, but there's a, a video of where people throw slices of cheese on cats faces. Oh, wow. And it is my favorite video. And I, every day, every time I have a bad day, I just put this video on. Cause these people will just toss slices of cheese on the faces of cats and they just like, don't know how to act. And it is the best thing <laughs> that brings me, that brings me complete joy. I also basketball is one of my favorite things. Uh, my favorite team is the Orlando magic. It's because I grew up in Orlando. We have not won. We do not win. And so I have to learn how to find joy in other places as well. So I have joy in seeing these really young players had a really good game to go on and tear their ACL. Like that's just the luck that we have. Right. So like joy for me looks a lot different than somebody who cheers for the Los Angeles Lakers. Like it's just very different, but like, I don't know, man, um, the, the older I get, um, and I'm not that old, but the older that I get, 
I realized just how beautiful the simple and small things are. Yeah. And to be thankful for the simple and the small things. Um, that's just, I don't know, that's just what I've come to know. And I, I think I'm holding on to that. Um, I also know and believe that this life is a gift and I'm only here for a little bit. So I want to, I want to enjoy it and I want to make it count. But I also know that all of this is not about me. And so how can I serve love and care for the people around me? Um, and that, that brings me joy as well. I love it. And I think even what you said earlier is like being able to celebrate the small pieces of joy in your life, uh, just make mm -hmm. them even, even bigger. Like they could stay small, but if I celebrate them with a lot of passion, then they're going to mm -hmm. expand in my life and my life's going to become more joyful. And so dude, really, mm -hmm. really, really thankful for you in this so conversation, good. man. How, how can people find you, uh, whether it's on Instagram whether you want to throw your physical address out there, like totally up to you. Maybe <laughs> not. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I do live in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, on the internet, I, I go by written to speak. Um, and so my website is written to speak.com. My handle is written to speak. Um, yeah, I have a couple of books out and I, I'm just happy to be here. So if you want to see a picture of a cup of coffee with a smiley face on it every morning, just follow along. Uh, but you also see my dog as well. So yeah, no, I, I'm all over the place. And uh, truly, man, this is it's been it's been so great to get to know you. Uh, nice to meet you as well, AP. But also like to get to know you guys through this and, and to kind of to learn of somebody else who is doing something similar to what, what I think I'm doing as well, where it's taking this this beautiful idea and, and, and expanding it and sharing it with others. Like if we can talk about these things, if we can talk, if you can talk about joy and I can talk about hope as often and as much as we do, like, I really do believe that that's going to change the lives of a lot of people. Um, and it may not be this drastic change, but I hope that in the face of adversity or loss or weariness or like a Tuesday afternoon, they just remember that hope and joy is a real thing and that they can take hope and they can take joy and they can scatter and spread it. And I think, I think that if we can, you know, keep doing stuff like that, it matters. Yep. And I want to do something with my life that that matters. Yeah, I think people need people like mm -hmm. you because you do it in such a cool, creative way. You know what I mean? It's not like a stuffy, you know, guy telling me about, you know, mental health or about feelings or anything like that. It's someone who's doing mm -hmm. it from a creative way and it's enticing you know what i mean and uh following people like you it's definitely important for people's timeline there's so many toxic things that you can get yeah. into on the internet so it's like purging your, your timeline seeing a message from you as well i mean um from all the work that uh that you both are doing i, I think it's amazing for the culture and, and we've got to keep spreading these messages of joy spreading awareness of mental health and and all these things i think it's planting seeds in the lives of so many people you might not even know when when they bloom but uh they definitely are so so great work man this this was a great one for Appreciate real it. yeah man cool. thank tanner thank you so much for for being here we, yeah we were happy that that you were here man so we'll talk yeah. soon just happy to be here yeah all right catch you guys later thank you man all right bye yep yep see ya Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. Look, if you like what you heard, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe 
everywhere you guys get your podcast. Also, to stay up to date with everything we're doing with Scatterjoy, go ahead and give our Instagram a follow, all right? At the Scatterjoy Project. Thanks again for listening. See you guys soon.